this is Margaret Coleman Frankowitz and I'm coming to you uh, on Diabetic Survival to tell you about some of the worst foods that you can actually consume in your body. And of course, as you know, being a diabetic, the number one food source that you blatantly want to stay away from is sugar. Sugar is horrible. But there's so many products that we actually consume as diabetics, even diabetics, that may actually have sneaky sugars in them. And um, so I was actually listening to the top 15 foods that you want to avoid as a diabetic. And I went ahead and posted that on my diabetes aware page on Facebook. Because it's some really good information. So if you want to get straight to the source and know all 15 of them, because I'm probably going to miss a few, then please go to that page. But I'm going to go over a brief rundown for you just because some of these foods even sneak up on me. Actually, quite a few of them do. But um, I've also eliminated a lot of things like pastas and rice potatoes. I love potatoes, but they've got the sugar thing going on. It's not good. Starches convert to sugar, which converts to diabetes. So, um, with that being said, let me go over the list briefly. I probably will miss some on the, of the 15, but let me just give you some advice on that. When you're grocery shopping in a typical American grocery store, um, and of course this wasn't in the video, this is just something that I've learned over the years, is anything in the middle aisles are pretty much danger foods, except for like, let's say you're heading down the aisle for nuts because they actually just sneak the nuts in those aisles. But the way that I've been told to grocery shop, and I think it was actually Dennis Polak who actually suggested this a long time ago, is just to shop the perimeter of your grocery stores, the outside of the inside of the <laughs> the lanes that, that pretty much um, have the products that you need to be aware of. Um, but I also want to say that another product that you need to be aware of, and this was on the list, is fat-free versions of foods, and this one I've heard over and over again, where scientists were actually designed, I mean, grocery stores are in the business of selling food, and, you know, food products are in the business of having you come back and buy that food once again, and, um, of course, with so many varieties of different types of food available on the market, things that we think are healthy for us aren't really healthy for us. One of the things that they've actually promoted and marketed through trial and error um, is taste good foods. So a lot of the fat-free versions of food have a ton of sugar in them or high fruit, fructose, corn syrup, or other hidden sugars within them that are very bad for diabetics. So just take off the fat-free versions. And some of you that aren't on keto, that's fine. Maybe you've been, you've been doing low-fat for the longest time. Even if you're um, heart-aware, you may be doing it for heart-aware reasons. I would seriously suggest 
that you do a little bit more research on the fat-free versions because the sugar is making you fat and if you're getting fat and that's not healthy for the heart so obviously the fat-free versions are not working and loading up on sugar in these products and you think you're eating the perfectly perfect food because all the fats are removed is probably not the best bet because fat is, a, is something that actually helps with the hunger and uh, helps fulfill the cravings, so to speak. So, um, moving on to packaged foods. Most packaged foods you can't trust. You just don't. So, I mean, even... It's just not wise. Anything that's been processed is going to have hidden sugars in them of some sort. Even the ones that say... Uh, you know, they'll, pro- they'll market the products to you as, as actually low-fat. And in there you'll find a lot of high-fructose corn syrup. And high-fructose corn syrup is horrible for you. It is bad news. It's bad news for normal people, let alone people who are diabetic. So, you want to be aware of these products because these products will sneak up on you. And I'm going to tell you a couple of my danger foods. My danger foods have also been um, marked as danger foods, like hazardous, and that's uh, potato chips. My used to be my go-to potato chips. Still, sometimes when I slip up, I still eat potato chips. And uh, with potato chips, I recently I went and did an experiment because I'm like, you know, I eat a lot of potato chips sometimes. Which is bad news because potatoes are high on the glycemic index. And then when they're fried, they are designed, they have been designed, mind you, by scientists in a lab to make them so delicious that you can't stop at one. Remember the old slogan with Lay's, you can't eat just one? It's true because that's the way they designed it. They've designed it so you can't just eat one potato chip out of the bag. You will keep on eating until, you know, until you're you're done with the bag. And the reason for this is um, just the way that it was designed. They don't want you to stop eating it. That was the whole plan. I mean, it's, it's pretty horrible that that's how they actually planned it out, but... Indeed, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a rolling joke when they put the servings on the side of the package, which are ridiculous of themselves, because sometimes those single-serve portions are broken up into, like, three or four different portions, and you can't stop at three or four portions. Or, God forbid, the party size bags. Please, don't buy those. Just just don't stop, because you're buying it for a party, and you're not going to eat it. But potato chips are horrible, and... Uh, like, even I fall into that danger zone of trying to stay away from potato chips. It's, it's very hard because, you know, being Irish, part Irish and everything, um, staying away from the potatoes, something that's, that's absolutely been a staple my whole entire life, is extremely hard. So, with that being said, uh, the next thing to pop up on the list were condiments, such as salad dressings. Like, I'm sure you didn't know that when you're eating your nice healthy salad that you were practically loading a candy bar on your salad each and every time you put your dressing on there. Horrible. They actually recommend like a balsamic vinegar with a little bit of olive oil, which, by, by the way, balsamic vinegars, 
amazing. This stuff is so good. I mean, I'm surprised that's not on the list. So, because it seems like anything that's good is on the list of bad things to eat and you want to stay away from. And um, along with that list came something that I was actually very heartbroken over. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce is loaded with sugars. Now, mind you, I'm not necessarily... I wasn't in the past a big barbecue fan, but I actually kind of slipped a little bit. Like, when I when I bought my potato chips, I actually bought the barbecue-flavored ones because barbecue tastes amazing. But you want to know why it tastes amazing? Because it's loaded with sugar. That's why. So that just eliminate it out of your diet. You don't need it. Maybe they can come out with a new version of, like, balsamic vinegar potato chips without carbs or something. I don't know. they got to do something special for diabetics, especially since half the population in the United States... Uh, is pre-diabetic or going to be this exposed to diabetes of some sort um, has some type of high blood sugar or they just are diabetic right? like I'm a diabetic, I accept that I, I tried for the longest not to be one but you know, sometimes uh, life kind of catches up to you and you forget certain things so condiments horrible, horrible um and I hate to go over all these bad foods because pretty much everything that's made is bad for you. <laughs> so, um, go and stick to natural things like scrambled eggs, cheese. Cheeses are okay, as far as I know. Um, if, if they do have sugar, it's very limited. And they are high in fat, so what? Okay, you gotta, you gotta like, take it somewhere. So, um... The reason why I would actually support a high-fat diet is because it actually makes you fuller faster. It makes you satisfied. And it makes you feel good, honestly. So, the thing is, I mean, okay, so you got to get past the stigma of you're not supposed to be eating fat. Oh, no. But that was so 80s. So, 70s, 80s, people were trying to eliminate the fat out of their diet. In the 90s, they kind of sort of trying to bring it back in, but they didn't really know why. And then... 2000 hit and they're just like oh wait that's not necessarily a bad thing maybe we should shouldn't have eliminated butter and all these tasty natural closer to nature foods because you know they satisfy you know they satisfy our cravings for um, horrible foods that they're actually making nowadays processed foods so um that means so let me see what else is on the list okay soda pop of course smoothies uh, one of the arguments that they actually had for smoothies is that they could take like, you know, 5, 10, 15 different varieties of fruits and actually pulverize it and then you're drinking it. And you're thinking, oh, well, what's so bad about fruit? Well, you got the natural sugars that are bad for you because natural is just as bad as the, the other stuff that they put in there. You know, the white sugar or the corn fructose syrup. Um, but with smoothies, what happens is when they put it in a blender, it actually breaks down the fiber, and that is not the whole purpose of fiber. It's not fiber anymore. It's other things. And so the thing is, is when you take in a smoothie, because there's no more fiber left, it immediately hits the bloodstream just like sugar would. And uh, the nice thing about a fruit is at least it takes a little while to actually break down in your system. 
but it's also something that's not really suggested for diabetics to eat fruit. So I don't eat a lot of fruit. I love my fruit, but when I do eat, what I call fruit is actually berries. So I'll... <laughs> and I know this is like my danger food, but like if I'm really craving a candy bar, blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, boysenberries, doesn't matter. If it's a berry, I'm going to consume it. Um, I'm not going to go over my good list right now. I think I've gone over a good list before on foods that are, are actually safe, which isn't much, but, you know, if you just go natural, you're, you're fine. I'm kind of questioning cottage cheese because cottage cheese is like another one of those, I think it's one of those products like potato chips, like, it's kind of hard to eat one serving for me. Um... Because um, with cottage cheese, I kind of stay away from it because I get um, kind of get an icky feeling when I eat too much cottage cheese. So um, I'm a fangirl of cottage cheese, but I don't like the way it makes me feel. So I kind of listen to my body a little bit on that, and the way that it's processed, I you know they're sneaking something into that that cottage cheese. I, I don't know what it is, but. Um, have not tested my blood sugar on that, so that's not a definite. It might just be kind of a psychological thing. So, just say it. Now, the list didn't say anything about ice cream. They should have, but they didn't. Sugar's horrible, so, I mean, ice cream's obviously out. That goes for cookies and cakes. Uh, they went over bread. They seem to think that grain breads are okay uh, I you know then they say white bread's out but I say both types of breads are out like just eliminate them make sure it's keto bread if you want to to maintain your maintain your diabetes numbers I wouldn't go towards any breads um, another reason is is because it's true about the smoothies and it has to be true about the wheat bread as well when you pulverize something there's very little fiber left in it so I think that's one of the reasons why with with certain breads that, that say like nine grain breads or whatever, that they have the grains in there, you know, like the whole grains, is so that they still have a little bit of the fiber content. But with that being said, why do you just want a little piece of something when you can have like the whole thing and like maybe switch over to just actual nuts? Because the whole point is actually, you know, being satisfied with what you're eating. So if you're eating a handful of nuts, you're going to be satisfied. Like, for instance, I was pretty good today with my diet. I ate my scrambled egg platter with some cheese, had a little bit of bacon on it. Um, it was delicious. Loved it. And uh, then I picked up for, for a couple of snacks for later today when I get hungry. And I probably won't. I mean, I eat my, my largest meal for breakfast. That's what I try to do, anyways. And then I just try to, you know, eat very small meals for the rest of the day. Uh, sometimes that doesn't work out, um, and I don't punish myself by any means. Sometimes at the end of the day, I just have to eat something else because it's been a long day. You know, if I go from uh, 6 o'clock, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning all the way up until 12 o'clock midnight... There's a good chance that I'm going to eat something that's not necessarily appropriate. So I try to have snack foods on me. Because a snack to me is a meal anyways. 
So what I did this morning is I actually picked up a couple packages of uh, sunflower seeds. They're kernels. So they're already shelled, so I'm being a little bit lazy there. But, you know, they're relatively inexpensive. You can buy two packages for a dollar, and it's something that can fill you up. Sunflower seeds fill me up just fine. The little miniature packages have... Um, are 1.5 ounces. And one of the things I love about sunflower kernels is the fact of how quickly they fill you up. So if you like sunflower kernels, if you can have sunflower kernels, it might be a good alternative to a meal snack, even. So that's why I picked up a couple of those, because, I mean, at, at a dollar for two packages, why not? And um, that's one of the things that they do suggest for diabetics. If they can eat nuts, eat nuts. Because that's going to be your new snack food, pretty much. And, again, if you're allergic to nuts, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just going to have to come up with your own little snack idea. Like maybe a boiled egg. Hopefully not allergic to eggs. Eggs, speaking of eggs, eggs are a great food to actually eat to fill you up. If, um, you know, you're going to have a busy day, have some eggs. And, you know, eat enough to where it's going to make you full. Because, you know, eggs will make you full longer. It'll satisfy you. Sometimes two eggs will do it. Some people have to have six. Up to six, I guess. Some people have to have more. I, I don't know of anybody who eats any eggs, but some people do. I knew a guy who was who had lost a lot of weight on eating like six eggs a day. That's what he had for breakfast. And he did eat the cheese and stuff of that nature. So he had he fried up six he, he actually made scrambled eggs out of like six eggs and he put some cheese in there and you know, whatever else you know, suited his fancy, you know, healthy foods, and, um, he was a very skinny guy, I mean, he wasn't always that way, but he definitely ate like a diabetic, even though he wasn't a diabetic, and he just didn't have a weight problem, so, uh, what you eat really does matter, and he, he really did worry about, you know, the types of foods that he could put in his body, but he also didn't have any problems with eating fats, either, so, I mean, he like avocado oil, olive oils, you know, the, the good, healthy types of oils that you're supposed to eat. And this is definitely something that you need to train your brain to do if you don't already, because there are really good foods out there that you can't eat that take the place of the foods that you thought were wholesome and good for you. Um, okay, so that goes into some more foods that I was thinking of. Granola bars, bad. A lot of times they have high fructose corn syrup. I, I don't know what they were thinking when they put a bad product in a good product. Because that's not going to work. Um, or when you use fillers such as rice. Puffed rice. It's still rice. This is rice. Instead of, um, you know, they, they try to switch out the whole grains to rice and of course you know to the normal average consumer they don't even think anything of it which I think they're getting robbed if you're eating a granola bar that's mainly rice anyways but you know that's my opinion I guess so these healthy 
granola bars. Oh, and another one that was on the list. And this one I can actually tell you. I'm, I'm a little bit sad to find out about this one. But the energy bars that you eat or, you know, for the high energy before a workout or after a workout, Tiger's Milk. Um, there are a few other, like, there's a lot of serious, <laughs> a lot of serious, allegedly healthy sports bars, we call them, nutrition bars as they call them, that are actually just secretly candy bars. Uh, some of them are actually even worse. They, they'll have more sugar in them than regular candy bar. And I know that's kind of hard to imagine, but you know, they have the bigger bar size. And obviously they're not paying attention to what it's going to do to blood sugar. What they're more concerned with is a high energy snack, which, you know, obviously sugar is. And that comes to beverages. Your sports drinks, unless of course it says zero sugar on there, it's probably not good to drink. And again, they're looking for high performance, not necessarily what's the best for you, because they're trying to give you that immediate rush. And a lot of, a lot of people who are into sports, they're into that immediate rush. So they're not concerned with their sugar content. They don't have to be, I guess. They're not diabetic. They're not predisposed to diabetes. And that sugar, you know, gives them that extra boost in performance. So be aware of the sports drinks and be aware of the, the snacks that you're consuming and the packages. Not necessarily good unless those packaged nuts. Um, the sports drinks, the high fructose corn syrup, again, it's a huge I'm party foul here. You know, it's it's defeating the purpose of what you think a sports drink is supposed to be. But they actually do have uh, Powerades out there that actually do have, for instance, the artificial sugars in them, which are, are safe for diabetics, are not going to actually raise your blood sugar. So you can get the zero sugar sports drinks and consume those. And I've had those. Those are great. They taste wonderful. It's, you know, it's like Kool-Aid in a bottle, but without the sugar. You know, it's great. So the Zero Sports drink is something I'd recommend, but it's not necessarily something that the video I'm referring to you actually recommends. They actually recommend water. And water's good. And you can actually get flavor enhancers. You can actually... And I did this for years where I'd actually take uh, fruit and I'd freeze it. And I'd use them as ice cubes instead of ice cubes. So I would use, and I, but I mean, while I'm talking fruit, again, I'm talking berries. I'm talking like blueberries, raspberries, blackberry. Oh, I love blackberries. Blackberries, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, anything in the berry family is going to be a safer bet for you than um, fruits and obviously sugar. So, these are actually kind of fun drinks. Don't pulverize your fruit, please. Just put them in whole and then chew on them. The fiber is actually going to help slow the sugar dissolving into your system because it does have a little bit of sugar still in it. But, um, again, you can take, take those and freeze them. And see, you know, the little packages that um, raspberries, uh, blackberries blueberries come in you can just take that and stick it right in your freezer and then use those like ice cubes and just throw them in the water it's oh, so tasty 
So, and then, you know, like, when they actually melt and stuff, showing those, you don't necessarily need to add too many of them. I used to add those to my green tea in the morning. Oh, and that's another thing, packaged teas, you know, like, in the containers. Be aware of it. Now, they do have diet ones that they've eliminated the sugar out of, and remember that they're going to add... There's a good chance that they're going to add sweeteners to it. The reason being is because it's a preservative. You can't take that out. But the sweeteners in there are like safe sugars for diabetics. So I, I like those in the diet. Teas. Uh, now, speaking of. Oh, yes. Speaking of cereals. Now, again, this is, this is, these are products that you can find in your danger aisles. And a lot of times, I, if I have to walk through these aisles, I literally walk in with, like, tunnel vision. I don't even look to the left or to the right of me. I just automatically know now that none of these foods are going to actually work or be compatible with my body system. <laughs> so I just walk in with blinders, walk straight through to the back aisle where I can actually peruse some of the other foods that are safe. And, of course, the less packaged uh, food is, the better off you're going to be. So, cereals are a huge culprit. They found that even in your, your fat-free varieties, that a quarter of the cereals that you consume actually have, are loaded with sugar, 25% sugar. And, of course, this actually goes over the recommended daily allowance of the World Health Organization that, that says that you really shouldn't be consuming more than like six teaspoons of sugar. And that may not sound like a hard thing to defeat, but they have actually done studies where people thought that they were actually paying attention to their sugars and were still consuming around 30 grams of sugar a day. That's a lot, people. That's way too much. Um, actually, I'm sorry, not 30 grams. I should say 30 teaspoons of sugar. Easy in a day. And so they found that by cutting out the sugar out of your products, you could actually lose weight on that. Isn't that great? Awesome, isn't it? And um, so, of course, that's great for diabetics, too, because we have to be leery of and weary of what we're actually eating and putting into our bodies. So um, staying away from the cereal aisle is probably going to be best. Now, let's say you are a cereal lover. I love my cereal. Oh, my goodness. Back in the days of ignorance in my childhood, when I could actually consume sugar and not be in too much trouble, but, you know, my parents were watching what I ate. They just didn't know that the alleged, quote-unquote, nutritious sugar cereal had sugar in it. They knew it was lightly coated, but they still found that even Wick was recommending it to, you know, poor mothers as a healthy food. Actually, your kids could actually consume that's uh, Kicks. Kicks cereal allegedly was not a bad sugar back in the days. A bad sugary snack, or I should say, breakfast food. And I remember me and my brothers, my sister, we thought this was the healthiest food ever. And so what would happen is we'd not just have one bowl of cereal. We might have two or three bowls of cereal because those cakes were pretty good while we were still consuming a lot of sugar. 
And there's still a lot of sugar in those products. Things like cornflakes. They still have sugar in them. Um, those, that cereal was created back in the days for an institution that needed it to serve the masses. And, and so, of course, I guess the same thinking carried over when they actually put it in grocery stores to feed the masses. They weren't necessarily thinking necessarily the healthy, healthiest food. They were thinking about products to actually get out there to, you know, help the population out so that they wouldn't have such a slim reduction of food, of a food supply. So, um, to say it best, these cereals are dangerous. So, I mean, just eliminate out of your diet. I mean, I guess if you're a kid and you don't have a predisposition for diabetes, it's fine. But if you do, it's, it's not that great for you. So, it can serve about half the population anyways, but not the other half that can't eat it. So, what's a good alternative if you like cereal? Let me get back to that. Okay, so a good alternative for cereal is, um, and I've posted this on a previous podcast before as well, Dennis Pollock came up with this ingenious cereal idea using chia seeds, almond flakes, walnuts, whatever kind of nut you actually like, sunflower seeds, I use sunflower seeds in mine, but if you're really just craving a bowl of cereal, but you want to be good, just put nuts in a bowl and add some milk, and it's absolutely delicious, and when you think about it, um, you see people adding fruit sometimes to their cereal, they're adding a few nuts, and it looks all very exotic and everything. This is something you can do as well. You can go to Winco and buy your nuts in bulk, uh, buy some walnuts, and buy some chia seeds. See, the nice thing about chia seeds is those seeds are very strange because they, they gather this film on them when they're actually soaking the milk, and so they actually expand in size just by a little bit. So they, they become like, you know, not as big as a pea or anything, but they're still a little bit bigger. And chia seeds are probably new to a lot of you, but they do sell that in bulk if you have a Winco near you. And I didn't actually mention chia seeds in the previous episode because I couldn't think of the name of it because it's that new and different of a product to me. So I have consumed them a few times, um, at least half a dozen times now. And I would have to say... They're fantastic. I love those chia seeds. There's something about soaking them in milk with some, al- you know, some slivered almonds, walnuts, and whatever other nuts that I can, um, and then eating those. And it's very satisfying, and you don't need many of them. And because they actually expand, it's kind of cool to like watch them expand. You want you want to put it in there with some milk, and you want to let it sit there for just a couple of minutes to soften up. And then use your spoon to kind of break it up a little bit because they'll stick together because they they congeal a little bit and they expand. But when you add that with some nuts and stuff, it's very filling. And it can actually be a very inexpensive snack for you when um, you need something fast but you don't have a lot of time. This is something you can make in like just a couple of minutes. So... So nowadays, there's no reason why we cannot eat healthy and eat what's right for us because products that were were scarce even back in the 80s and 90s are more prevalent now. 
so you can actually walk in the convenience store and find a place that actually sells nuts and inexpensive nuts too like um, Lance has a product out there where they have their their um, sunflower kernels they have both salted and unsalted variety I take in the salted variety just because I'm on a high blood pressure pill as well and I'm not supposed to eat unsalted products unless I talk to my doctor about it because I'm still supposed to consume some salts. So, and especially the way that I eat, I don't get a lot of salts in my diet anymore. So, there are other ways that I actually do that. The salt's not necessarily a bad thing. Everything in moderation, though. And that's what uh, my medication is actually supposed to do, is moderate that. So, it's taking out the excess and leaving the rest. Okay. So, with that being said, let me think. Have I missed it? Oh, Yes! And, of course, your number one culprit is soap pop. Just eliminate it. Like, even if you don't listen to anything else I say, eliminate the soda pop. And I'm talking about the sugary pop. I'm not talking about the diet-friendly version. Um, some of you may not be into artificial sweeteners. Obviously, you've eliminated all soda pop then, because all of them would be bad for you. But um, I'm still... A fangirl of my diet soda that keeps me going, keeps me hydrated, and hydration is probably one of the most important things. But first and foremost, the absolute best drink ever would be water, of course. Water is, does not come in any fancy packaging, it doesn't have any yummy bubbles or taste fantastic, but water is refreshing. You put some ice cubes in it. It's absolutely hydrating, and it's something the body actually does crave. So, water being the number one beverage goal always, every day. So, always keep water on you. Now, I think I've mentioned barbecue sauce, but I was pretty brief on it. So, let me go ahead and rephrase it a little bit. They put a lot of sugar in it. So, if you're a barbecue fan... You need to stop. No more barbecue. Sorry, just don't do it. Just don't do the barbecue sauce. It's loaded with sugar, and that's one of the things you need to stay away from. Yes, I know it's delicious. I know. I miss my barbecue sauce, too. I miss it. Especially since I didn't eat a lot of it before I became a diabetic. Now that I've actually tasted a little bit of it, and I smell it on a regular basis because, you know, I do food deliveries. It's very tempting to not go in there to, like, one of those barbecue pits and take out some baby back ribs with some barbecue sauce on there and just dig into it. You can't do it anymore. It's okay. But sometimes you slip up and maybe you're going to have, like, a barbecue potato chip or something because you can't stand it anymore just keep in mind that potato chips are a gimmick actually created by scientists that you'll never be full on by eating some chips it's the worst snack besides soda pop out there so I would hope that you're not going to listen to a bunch of scientists that are just trying to pump you full of chemicals and use you as a guinea pig on their experimental endeavors 
But anyways, you do what you want to with that. I'm just getting the news out there. I'm trying to think. There was something else, too, that was on the list that I was thinking about. Rice. Rice is another food. Now, they say that brown rice is better. I say that it's all bad. All rice is bad. All rice is bad. Yes, I understand some of it might have fiber. Okay, so here, here's the deal with fiber. The more fiber a product has in there, and you turn it around, read the ingredients list, you can find out the fiber content. Uh, that means that you can actually take away from the, the grams of sugar that it actually has. But, you know, I... It's rice, okay? So it, it's a starch, converts to sugar. Sure, it may be a slow-acting rice, um, but if you do, if you just absolutely have to have your brown rice, just make sure your portions are small. So it's better off for you to eat vegetables, obviously, than eat rice. So that's one thing that you don't see a lot of, though, on your portions. Like, for instance, you go into a Denny's. Denny's is horrible about this, too, because they give you a little bitty portion of vegetables. And I think that I would like to see more restaurants offering half the plate full of vegetables as opposed to, you know, like maybe 15% of your plate full of vegetables. I mean, they do give you a negligible amount of vegetables. It's horrible. And you eat this little teeny weeny portion, it's almost like you don't want to have vegetables after that. Well, of course, you're not going to be very full on it. But vegetables are like the best thing you can eat, seriously. I mean, that's the one thing that I could say that vegetarians have going for them. They don't eat any meat. They just eat vegetables. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with eating a whole plate of vegetables because it makes you full. Two points. But I think that you need to portion it out with meat. And in my case, uh, there's going to be a significant portion of protein as compared to vegetables. Uh, But if I'm cooking it myself, I have a a huge amount of vegetables to go along with my dinner. And uh, so some people may actually (laughs) mistake me for a vegetarian, but I'm not. Uh, I still have to have my meat to go along with it. And that's actually the way that it's supposed to be portioned out, is, is a smaller portion of meat as compared to your vegetables. Your vegetables should cover your plate. Now, one of the best benefits of cooking your own foods, if you're able to do that, is the fact that you have a vast array of vegetables at your disposal at your local grocery store that are fairly inexpensive. And uh, I, it's something I would definitely take advantage of. Now, why the restaurants have not embraced the vegetable is beyond me, because this is where vegetarians come in. I don't know how they eat out, honestly. Uh, Very small portions. I don't portion size my vegetables. I've always been told, my dietitian has told me, I can eat limitless amounts of vegetables, which isn't true. But I get what they're, they're, they're getting at, because most people eat a very negligible amount of vegetables, unless you're a vegetarian vegetarians embrace it so I got to give kudos to the vegetarians out there in the world and I got to give you kudos if you're trying on the keto let's say you're full force keto more power to you You are superman superwoman of your keto Um, if you're just trying out keto I got to give you kudos though because it's such a hard diet to actually start and um, 
I fail at it on a regular basis. Because for whatever reason, I'm all about the proteins and not about the fats, which is horrible. But it's so ingrained in my system that everything has to be fat-free, which I have been absolutely been working and chipping away at for years now. Yeah, it is very hard for me. So, um, and I believe that's more of an Atkins-type diet rather than keto. I'm calling it keto, but it's more Atkins. But um, I really do believe in large, copious amounts of vegetables and uh, small portions of, of protein, even though my protein is probably a little bit bigger than what it should be. And if you're doing keto, it has to contain enormous amounts of fat to the point of it being actually grotesque. So um, that's one of the reasons why I have such a hard time with things. I know it's good for me. The keto is absolutely excellent for controlling uh, blood glucose, but I have such a hard time actually getting to that point of eating the amount of copious amounts of fat that are required with the keto diet. But I have no problem with the keto diet, if that makes any sense. I think the keto diet is a beautiful thing. It's just that, for me personally, I have to get, I have to get, um, and I'm trying to think of the correct words to say here for a minute. Okay, there's no other way to say this than just to say it in layman's terms. But... I have this, this psychological problem, and I'm sure there are many, many people who have this as well, where we have just have it, we have it ingrained in our brains, so far in our brains, that fat is a bad thing, that even though we want to embrace it, we still are stuck on the food pyramid for some reason. So it's a process, it's a process that you have to chip away at, like for instance, you know, they were very big on the grains. You gotta chip away at that. Just get rid of it. Because it's, it's gar- gone. Garbage. Your bread products should be where your fats are at. Your fats should be where your bread products are at. On the food pyramid. They just... They got it right to a point. But... Um, I, I think they need to switch those two up a little bit. So, they need to concentrate more on... Fats being good for you, not bad for you. And it's... It's really hard, like in my brain. I'm, I'm here trying to change the food pyramid. And I think like maybe one of these days I need to do a diagram. I think doing a diagram of the food pyramid the way that it should be would be ideal. Because for the most part, they have the food pyramid right except for, like I said, where the, the breads and grains are at and where the fats are at. Because the fats are on the very top. And like you want very little fats. Or actually I think it's sweet. They, they put sweets in for fats. Just eliminate the sweets. Don't need that. Obviously, we already are getting our sweets, like for instance, in our in our soda pop or our coffee or our we add things to our green tea or to whatever other beverage that we have, iced tea. And hopefully, it's like a little pink packet that you're putting in there, not necessarily teaspoons of sugar, but some people you know, they're still in the sugar phase. Sorry, I can't help you. You're not there yet. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm, ha- like, I'm having my struggles right now. I have no problem talking about that on my podcast because I am not perfect. 
I'm the first to admit it. There's things about me that you should know I'm not perfect. I am not a doctor. Yes, I have worked in a hospital. Um, however, I'm not a nutritionist. I've been to a nutritionist, but I'm not a nutritionist. But I can also honestly say that any doctor who, who I've dealt with in the past, who has taught me on nutrition or has, has um, lectured me about my diabetes, would not disagree with the things that I'm actually telling you. That's the reason why I'm saying it. Um, and of course, I did have one nurse challenge my keto ways. And, but the thing is, is that she didn't know anything about keto, so she was scared of it. I'm sure now she might, if she actually researched a little bit. But, um, you know, so the, the, the community of medical professionals aren't perfect either, and so I forgive her. But I've talked to a lot of nurses and a lot of doctors, and they understand the whole dietary guidelines, etc. And they, they know medicine changes all the time. And then they see my numbers, and they see my numbers are so much better. And I would have to say that even when, like, I had lost 60 pounds a couple years ago, back then they had asked me how I did it, and I was strict, I was sticking to a keto, what I felt was a keto diet at the time. However, I was not adding as much fat to my diet as I should have been, just because of my subconscious notions of what fat is. And a lot of times I see uh, things such as meats as being the same as fats. So I kind of count that together, even though it's more of a protein. So who knows what the portion or the ratio of fat was to the protein that I was eating at the time. But I still managed to do it. And uh, also eat plenty of vegetables to go along with it. So um, vegetarians should be happy in that aspect that... Um, that, you know, I, I do believe in eating a lot of vegetables, so there's a lot of vegetables out there people don't even try, and I would have to say, like, I feel sorry for the people who've only eaten, like, one or two vegetables their entire life because they don't like vegetables. Ve there's nothing wrong with vegetables. Now, if you talk to Dr. Gundry, he's going to disagree with you, because Dr. Gundry, and of course, I'm, I'm kind of going off into left field right now. This has nothing to do with what I was talking about about the list. But um, Dr. Gundry actually believes in lectins being bad for you. Now, there's ways to remove the lectins out of your food. But this is going into a totally different realm that you may not be ready for, especially if you're still trying to get past the diabetes stage what's right to eat, what's wrong to eat. Dr. Gundry, and I've, I've listened to some of his programs, and I'm absolutely in awe of this guy, because Dr. Gundry, let me go into this a little bit. Um, maybe I should have gone into it, like, at the beginning, because I could have talked about Dr. Gundry for a while. I love this man. This man's great. He's also another one that found out that now, he was running four miles a day, and he was gaining a gut on him, and this was a little bit embarrassing for him, because he was a heart surgeon, and how dare a heart surgeon tell a patient what to do when they're fat themselves, and they can't even get their own body weight under control, so that's the reason why he was running four miles a day, and he thought he was eating according to his program, you know, with the... And he's another one that can contest with the 
the whole um, with the whole fat-free movement and how the fat-free movement did not work because he was seeing some of the patients that he lectured and they were having heart surgery because even though they were a lot of them were strict with the fat-free diet they were still coming in and they were still undergoing the knife some of them were dying some of them were living but they were you know they were marked for life because having a bad heart, even though they did everything that the family doctor told them to do. But this is the problem with the medical community, is the fact, and they're just doing the best they can, and they do a fantastic thing of job for the most part, okay? But I'm just talking about Dr. Gundry, because he did actually give a lecture on it, and um, his lecture was amazing, and of course, I didn't go into the whole plant paradox thing, so I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't be talking about it too much, but if you want to look into it, you can. But he actually talks about certain plants that actually aren't necessarily the greatest for you, such as the killer tomato. And yeah, I know, funny, right? But plants actually do develop their own toxins. They're actually harmful to the body, to your body, and actually produce an inflammatory response. Yeah, I know, weird, right? So I, I've kind of like strayed away from tomatoes, but occasionally I really like the taste of tomatoes, so I will kind of like, you know, eat it. Cherry tomatoes are horribly tasty, and <laughs> so those are my weakness, cherry tomatoes, but I will eat them in a tomato on occasion, just not very often. Like, we're talking once a year. That's it. And I'm done. No more tomatoes, I'm just once a year. So Dr. Gundry goes into the whole plant paradox, and there's a whole movement over his plant paradox and um, talks about lectins, etc. As a matter of fact, I kind of snuck into a Facebook group that actually uh, talks about different recipes that you can make where you're actually uh, removing a lot of your lectins. And there's, like, for instance, a certain way that you can actually steam a vegetable or cook it and it removes the lectins out of it so that it's supposed to be good for you and he goes into all the stuff so anyways he developed this diet and he swears by it and he um because he is a heart surgeon and uh he did this because he cares about his patients i really do believe he cares about his patients now mind you he has some books out there and he's going for making you know his millions etc etc but at the same time um you don't go into something unless you really care about a certain subject so it's just like this i'm not obviously going in for the money by any means because i'm paying anything hardly but um the reason why i go over all this information is because I have a deep, profound reason why I want to. One is because I'm self-diabetic and I gotta do the research anyways. And two, if I'm already doing the research, then I feel it's only beneficial to actually share what I've learned with the rest of the community so that they can make their informed decisions as well and do their own research. I mean, every diabetic has to do their own research and they have to do this on a daily basis. So if I can make your day a little bit easier by going over some of the things that I've actually learned, then I've done my job. So I'm already 51 minutes into this. And um, so I would, ha- I would have to say that 
Um, I have a lot to talk about, so I might as well tell somebody about it. I mean, obviously, my best friends and my family are not going to understand diabetes if they even care about the subject. I have brothers who are diabetic, and they don't really care about the topic one bit. They don't want to hear me talk about it. They don't want to be reminded on a regular basis, hey, I have diabetes, ah. Whereas me, I've embraced it, and it's become my best friend. I call diabetes my best friend because it keeps me in line. And it keeps me searching for better ways to actually take care of my health so that I can be the very best that I can be and live a long time. Because I, I really do have a goal to live to 125. If I make it or not, I don't know. But at least I'm going to do the research that it's going to take to actually get there. And I may not be perfect, but um, I'm certainly better than what I was at. So, anyways, with that being said, I cannot think of another thing to actually say on, on the different foods that um, may be harming your health, but I did want to, I did go ahead, because I actually took a lot of this from um, a post off of YouTube, and of course I do my, that's where I do my daily investigations on topics, I did actually get it from an article called 15 Ways uh, or 15 foods that you don't want to eat as a diabetic. And I have put that link up on my Diabetes Aware site on Facebook if you want to go ahead and view that for yourself. I don't think I missed anything, but if I did, I'm sure that you'll leave me some comments in the comment section in the Diabetes Aware site. So um, that is an open and public page, so anybody can actually post on that page. And of course, if you need to send me a private email on anything, on any topic, I have received a couple emails, by the way, which they did not want to actually go, they didn't want, want me to go online about that, um, or in this podcast. So um, that's margaretrico2015 at gmail.com if you need to message me privately. And I just want to thank you very much for listening. You are the reason why I do this, and I'm so happy to actually share my knowledge with you, and hopefully together this will be a learning experience. It certainly has been for me. Um, I will say that I love being a diabetic in the respect that it has made me aware of my own self, and um, has given me plenty to share with my community and my world. So I want to thank you very much again for listening. Uh, I just want you to have, I just want to say be kind to each other. I know that's uh, another thing that I can certainly uh, follow my own advice on that. And until next time, and I want to wish you happy holidays, uh, regardless if you celebrate Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or Merry Christmas or nothing at all. I hope you do, but just want to say happy holidays and this is Margaret Copeland Frankowitz signing out for, for Diabetic Survival and have a great day.